Oh, hell yeah. What? FSU is surging with top 24-7 wide receiver Hakeem Williams. He said, quote, damn, that shit was electrifying. Talking about the Florida State LSU game on Saturday. Oh. No, I'm sorry, not Saturday, Sunday. I think Saturday. Eh. We're still not quite there. I mean, it is still weird having a Saturday. Saturday like, night football, football game. on Sunday night. Yeah. Like the NFL, stupid Amazon or whatever. Sunday night football on Thursday. That's really so, so if you have Prime, you can watch it? Week one, I think, is just on NBC, like normal. Okay. And I think they're going to tell everyone, hey, look, week two, starting next week, we're on Amazon Prime. Because I know for a fact next week is Chiefs Chargers week two, Thursday night. And that was the advertisement from when I remember okay. from last from the summer. Well, we only have one game, right, on Thursday? But yeah, against the Jets. Okay. Well, I mean, I can live without watching Thursday Night Football if I have to. You're but nuts. I'm nuts. Yeah. I mean, I only have I only care about Thursday Night personally just because of fantasy football. Um, well, you're the fantasy football degenerate. That is true. I'm way too, I'm in way too many leagues. How many this year? Four. Eight. You say four, uh, eight, yeah, ten. <laughs> yeah, ten leagues. Okay. I've gone down. It used to be fifteen. Now it's down to ten. Golly. And you, are they all on the same platform? Or are you two platforms? ESPN. ESPN and yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. ESPN and Sleeper. And I've never four even heard of, those, of that one. So Sleeper is a dynasty league platform. So huh. essentially, you have players like it's just like a, you build your own team. Hold them for multiple years and go and trade for multiple years, whatever the situation may be. And yeah, I joined two Dynasty Leagues this year. So I, I like Dynasty a lot compared to regular redraft like every year. Well, do you have any that have punishments? Uh, Dynasty Leagues, no. But regular or leagues. any of your leagues? Regular League, yes, one of them. Supposed to be two, but we'll see. That other one's tough, but definitely one. We always have a draft punishment. Okay, because I've, I've been stuck on that side of TikTok lately, seeing all the different some punishments. Of, some of those punishments I've seen on Twitter, Instagram, even the ones you send me from TikTok, like, they're funny. But yeah, so some like, of them are just like, eh. Like, the most popular one we both can sense, uh, we talked earlier about, is the Waffle House Challenge. You sit in a Waffle House for 24 hours, every waffle you eat takes off an hour. Yeah, my football league, my uh, main fantasy football league wanted to do it to do that and i'm like that is a health hazard like you are really endangering your health there because if you eat five waffles okay you're not gonna stuff your face with more waffles just to get out of there you're gonna have to you're gonna have to take a break you're gonna take a break for one and two you're gonna probably puke it up or poop it out like it's not gonna be safe for you no it's not and you're gonna not like waffles after that and, for at least a good while and i'm sorry if you can eat a waffle with no syrup or butter or anything Animal. you're you're a nut job so yeah. you're gonna load up on sugar and wait do that i guess i never really watched to eat it without oh yeah i guess it makes sense to because you're gonna yeah, maybe eat max sugar. six seven waffles probably maybe eight and then guess what you're gonna be stuck in a waffle house for the other 16 hours of the day <laughs> So I I bring my laptop that, and just yeah I'm good something on that. I don't I'm know good on that. Well, what else? I, I've seen like uh, taking the SAT or the ACT. That's so I, funny. We have the same league that I'm in. We call it Big Ballers because we made fun of Lavar Ball and it just stuck. That SAT wasn't it was a possibility, but the last place loser who's gone last place five of the last six years. It's my cousin Assad, and uh, yeah, he chose not to do it because he was worried about him impacting his law school application i'm like bro so anyways he is in last place again this year but we suggested sat he backed out of that or when we said that as a punishment we made a requirement you have to take it at the high school you attended so that is something that's still to be to be done that is tough we've had punishments such as we shaved his head he's had to stand outside the town center aka well we also stood outside of bj's restaurant and holding a sign holding or a sign saying honk to shame me i suck at fantasy football one year we had him take a blow-up doll to a to a miller's <laughs> ale house and take it to dinner we and the worst thing about it wasn't even the dinner it was the fact that we took his phone away from him so he had to legitimately just sit there with the date oh that and is order cruel. food for the the, <laughs> uh, the fake girl and 
Another punishment he did was he wore a dress to the draft. He did that. And currently this year, his punishment is to go to an open mic night and do comedy, stand-up comedy oh, for like stand-up five minutes. comedy? Oh, that's gold. Because you actually have to like... We have to uh, book that in me- advance. And that's one thing we, have, we learned. So we're going to have to wait till he comes back into town to do it. So that is the punishment. Next year's punishment is to be determined. Oh, my God. Well, those are... Uh... Those are good, and I'm sure there's a million others. So if anybody else has a good punishment for Mike for next year, maybe you know, maybe for you next year, we, or we do need a punishment for this upcoming season. So we'll see, we'll figure that out. Or maybe we can make it a punishment for the show or something like that. For I don't know, whoever is farthest away from predicting our record or something like that. The Jags, I mean. Mm, sounds good to me. I don't know. Well, let's officially uh, uh, start the episode. Welcome to Dimes on Duval, episode 69. What a nice episode. Nice indeed. Mike is here live with me. Skyler will actually be joining us remotely later on. So for right now, it's just going to be you and me, brother. And we've got football, nothing but football to talk about this episode as week one officially is in the books for college football technically the second game for florida state and then we have a jaguars game to prepare for this weekend up in washington dc so without further ado we're just gonna go ahead and get skyler in here right now actually we're gonna we're gonna talk florida versus utah and holy crap i mean just with you first mike like i honestly didn't expect him to win the game I didn't either, but as we got closer to the game, I legitimately had a worry that UF was going to pull this out. Anthony Richardson is just a stud, man. He really is just a stud. Yeah. Like, what was wrong with Dan Mullen where last year he did not play Anthony Richardson whatsoever? And the one game that he did play him in was against Georgia, and, like, come on. It's Georgia. They won the national yeah. championship. Like one of the best defense, if not the best defense in the league. And that are yeah, it's it's bad. It was Dan Mullen, and he he was just a moron of a coach. I mean, there's a reason he's not here anymore. There's a reason why he's working for ESPN. Yep. Yeah. I saw him on the screen the other day. I was like, what a loser. Yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> just Anthony Richardson is a stud. And do we want to go over our thoughts on the game, or do we want to wait till Skyler? Well, actually, Skyler says first. it's interesting you say that because what we've already talked about is basically what we're going to ask Skyler, which is who is the star of the game, and go ahead and just give us some of your general thoughts on the game. So you know, I thought it was a really entertaining game between Utah and Florida. Utah played really well. Florida played really well and there was just a great matchup the only mistake florida made was just dropping the ball early in the game and utah took advantage of that went up 7-0 early take that lead early in the game which is something they needed to do and it was just back and forth for the most part one thing that i thought was really interesting billy napier mentioned in a a post game uh, interview that you got to take advantage of what you do in the red zone, both on offense and defense. And that's kind of where the difference in this game was. Utah got in the red zone, but they had to kick field goals or they went for it on the goal line and didn't get the touchdown on that possession and, you know, really hurt them. Obviously, they ended up losing the game. And then, you know, late in the game, too, they were in the red zone again, throw that interception to Amari Burner. So really critical points that were, preached come to fruition for Billy and the Gators and that was um just really good to see fun to watch and I'm just thrilled to watch more football this year from Florida which hasn't been you know I've been excited in the past few years we've had some success but seeing Anthony Richardson play and play the way he did brings me to my star of the game and that's him he uh he did everything he needed to do he was efficient with the ball. He, it just feels like when he has the ball and he's operating the offense that we're going to get the first downs we need. Um, we're going to get the ball to the point that we need to get to. And it just feels really good to have a quarterback we can be confident in again. He just happens to be wearing 15, like our last great quarterback. So hopefully he can keep it up 
you know, that two-point conversion was just spectacular. I've never seen a play like that. I could, It was just awesome to see. Great to see, and, you know, I know we're going to see more plays like that, that 40-yard rushing touchdown. That's something we saw already from him last year, and it's only week one, so we'll play Kentucky next. That will be a great match. I look forward to it, and I just look forward to the rest of the season. I'm not sure how many I'm sure we're gonna lose some games this year I'm not expecting us to go undefeated but I expect it'd be a very fun season just based on what I saw week one appreciate those words Skyler wish you were here with us but I appreciate you at least being able to get in that so with Skyler's notes now Mike star of the game I mean we have to agree is Anthony Richardson I mean by far I don't have his stats right here in, in front of me, but he played a very good game. It is definitely Anthony Richardson, and I can pull up his stats here in a second. But one thing I did enjoy watching about Anthony Richardson, and I, I'm i telling you, I was very shocked with how you have played. I thought like through the game their depth would get depleted and the backups would play. And after hearing and reading a lot of things over the offseason, Florida's depth is not very good from what I understood. And luckily, Florida did not have to deal with that. But Anthony Richardson is easily the player of the game for me on the Florida side of the ball. Yeah, he was uh, 70%, 71% completion percentage. Didn't throw for a ton, but he ran the ball really well and just some of his elusiveness. And I think that was the biggest problem with Utah is they couldn't make a tackle for for the life of them. I mean... The amount of tackles, I, I wish I had that number. The amount of tackles broken in that game by any Florida player, but especially Richardson, had to be astronomical because that 360 spin that he, what was it, the two-point conversion? Two, the two-point conversion Whew. where he spun around and it was a pump fake. That is, if if Anthony Richardson turns out to, let's just say, obviously, loading up on the hype train. But right. like if he wins the Heisman... Now, I'm maybe this year, next year, whatever. If he ever wins one, this play is going to be the first play on his highlight reel. His uh, well, what do they call it? His Kodak moment or his Heisman, his, his Heisman, Heisman moment. moment. Yeah. But granted, it's in week one, but still. Yeah, but and it was such a sick play. I mean, was, I, I got to give props. I, we are not Gator fans by any means. But I legitimately, when I saw that play, my mouth dropped. Like I was like, oh man, this kid is special. So the Gators got a good one. All credit to the Gators to win that game, pull it out, and I mean against Utah, the supposedly number seven country at the time. Which, by the way, this goes back to what another podcast of our friends Scott and Alex they've talked about it last year, I believe it was. Preseason polls are the dumbest thing in the world. Absolutely. And, and I don't know why we still do this, but this just shows that some teams are overrated. Utah clearly a little overrated. Oregon, my goodness, completely overrated. <laughs> three points. Imagine getting on a plane, flying across the nation to put up three points and then have to fly home. Miserable. Yeah, yeah. Miserable. Yeah, that uh, the preseason polls are stupid. And my brother was saying, how is Utah the number seven team in the country? I was like, look, Utah's a very good team. They yeah, were and they were very good a bunch last, of players. They were a very good team last year, and they had a high – not a Heisman, but a very good quarterback in Cam Rising who – by the way, what was he doing in that game? No idea. No idea. The two red zone turnovers inside the five, inside the three, the fumble by the running back, and yep. then the the turn the last play of the game, the second to last play of the game with the pick. Like Cam Rising had no reason to force that throw. He could have thrown it away, could have ran it in. But I don't understand what Cam Rising was thinking in that moment, but Guess that's the play call was, and their receiver absolutely torched the Gators. Uh, what was the name? Brant Cooth. He had nine for one hundred five and a touchdown on the Gators. Yeah, Gators no, secondary I mean, was... is not looking great. And Travi and Tavion Thomas, the running back for Utah, very good running back as well. So Utah has some talent, but again, you got to show up in these moments, and Utah did not show up. Cam Rising looked okay, but he had some moments. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, I'll, I'll give uh, Skyler credit. He called it in the video that we made about the predictions for this game. I really think the crowd did play a factor. I hate to admit it, but I really think they did. Utah, 
not only had the crowd affect them, but the humidity really kicked their ass, and they they won't admit it, but those guys were puking right and left. And yeah, the Utah uh, player, I can't remember who it was, said that the crowd didn't affect them as much. I call bull because that yeah, that he's, he's just gonna say that that but. atmosphere is insane, especially on a Saturday night under the lights. It's a different atmosphere in the swamp, and I will give Gator fans credit and Gator players credit and the Gator coaching staff credit. Because they showed up in their first game under head coach Billy Napier. Okay, yeah, I uh, 100% agree. Unfortunately, uh, next week they do play Kentucky at home, another ranked foe. Uh, according to AP, though, I'm pretty sure they're ranked one higher than Kentucky now. So it wouldn't be an upset per se, but it would be another win against a ranked team again. Yeah, UF is number 12 in the new AP poll that just dropped today, and Kentucky is number 20. Oh, I'm thinking of the coaches. My bad. And the coaches, it's that way. I, I, again, polls this early just make me want to puke anyway. They're stupid, I say polls should not be a thing until after week four. Yeah, personally. week four I think I think is reasonable. But you know what? It generates hype. It gets views on ESPN, and that's why they do it. So regardless, let's jump over to the other game that came down to the wire as well but ended positive for us as Florida State fans and, you know, a win florida state lsu a dub in an unlikely fashion but a win is a win that game it's a game i've never seen before <laughs> it was strange <laughs> but for once like a game like that worked out in florida state's favor it's been a long time since it worked out in the Knowles' favor it's been way too long like grant everyone make fun of the Knowles for the first time since 2016 they started off 1-0 now we're 2-0 same thing since 2016 those were the Jimbo years the glory year or glory few years I want to say glory years but from 2013 to 2016 Florida State what 2012 really 2016 Florida State was a wagon like they were not to be messed with yep and I know Bobby Bowden said and I take this from Brennan Sinone which I mean it was from directly from Bobby Bowden Lose by a lot, lose by a little, win by a little, win by a lot. Yesterday, yesterday, Sunday night was an example of Florida State winning by a little. After two years ago, losing by a lot. Last year, losing by a little. Like the Notre Dame game, for example, Jacksonville State game, blah, blah, we don't, blah. We don't, we don't talk about that. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, this year, finally, so far, through week two weeks, right after the week one game, we won by a little. And slowly but surely, Florida State's in that right direction, I think. And Oh, yeah. And FYI to any listeners, Mike Norvell's not going anywhere. He's not going around this year, not next year, maybe not the year after that, because they start the will pay Willie Taggart, and his contract extension with the Knowles just was announced a few days ago. So I'm not – I don't see Mike Norvell leaving Florida State, at least not after this year, even if they don't make a bowl. Personally, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I agree with you there. <laughs> Dang, and I had something on the tip of my tongue, too, and I just completely forgot it. Oh, yeah, it was, uh, what was it, the year after we won the national championship? Was that the year that we beat Notre Dame because of the, the call? Yes, in the 2014. I remember I was at that game. And it was, that, it was that whole season, kind of, where we had, like, things We had ball. a lot of close games that shouldn't have been close. Like, Louisville, we were down three touchdowns, and we somehow came back and won. Maybe it was NC State. I can't remember. We had a I game. Think it was NC. Yeah. We had a few games where we we're like, "What are we still doing here? We should be blowing these teams out." So last night was an indication, like, "Oh, Florida State could be back." I'm not saying that they are, but no, no, no. by no, and by back, it's not. Oh my God, we're going to the national championship. No, no, no. Or no. Uh, you know, a New Year's bowl game. No, it's Florida State is making plays when they should be. Florida State is making fewer mistakes that are just like why the hell did we do that like there was only a couple false starts and holdings on the offensive line which i was pretty proud of the ontario wilson that one-handed catch in the end zone was fantastic after travis got basically headshot dude that that was an insane play and speaking of jordan travis is it me or did he look like a completely different quarterback Sunday night than he has the first two years of his career at Florida State? <laughs> you know, his first season, he trotted out on the field. And I was like, this guy stinks. This guy can run. And... Okay, he doesn't stink compared to Tay Rodemaker, but that's another day, another but, topic. But a couple years ago, yeah. I, I was just like, man, this guy is just not that great. Yeah, 
looking at him play, he does look like a new player and, and in a good way. Like, and I hope it stays. This I mean, is his money year because I personally think he's going to go to the NFL after this year, barring any NIL deals that will make him maybe stay in Tallahassee. But he looked very good Sunday night. and Well, my, my hope is that he plays so well this year, we blow out some teams, and then Tate comes in and he breaks his arm or you know has a twisted ankle so he can't play, and then we can see A.J. Duffy because I want him to be the next quarterback. But he should be the number two. Yeah. But right now, I mean, yes, very impressed with how he played. Really impressed with Ontario Wilson. Uh, really impressed with the defense. Uh, Bethune had some good plays. Um, who's the, I don't even remember the guy's name that blocked the extra, the extra point to win it. I don't even know if he really even plays that much. But Shaheem. Oh, Shaheem Brown. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was a holy crap. <laughs> I'm not even gonna, so let me, let me spell this out for all of you that weren't with me that night. So I was at Dick's Wings watching the game, and I told Mike like, "Hey man, I want to go home." He wasn't with me, but I was like texting him like, "Hey, I want to go home." He's like, "Just go." I'm like, "No, I can't. I'm superstitious. I don't want to leave." And then you know, if I leave, we've been playing well while I'm here, and I go home and we lose. I don't want that to happen. Well, it got to the point where I was tired of sitting on the wooden seats. Everyone else was kind of clearing out except for a couple people. I didn't want to be that guy as they're trying to close the store. You know, they're they're sweeping and stuff around me. So I'm like, All right, I'm just going to go when we scored our, our, our last touchdown to give us 24. So I get home and then <laughs> and then all hell breaks loose. And the last play of the game, I missed actually. To where they scored the touchdown, I went pee because we called a timeout. And I was like, oh, okay, I've got another minute and a half or something. Well, apparently, I peed longer than I thought or I took longer to wash my hands or something like that because I came back out and the graphic on the screen was, you know, two-yard reception touchdown LSU and the crowd's going wild. I'm like, shit. So I plopped down on the couch, defeated and you know getting ready to almost turn off the tv even though i knew we were going to go into overtime but i was just that pissed and well they blocked the extra point and then i started jumping up and down going crazy and i think you and i both couldn't sleep that night 2 a.m so <laughs> when that when florida state let the first touchdown happen in the fourth quarter i was like okay whatever just finish this game strong fine and then we punted the ball away and then they muffed the punt and that that whole fourth quarter last four minutes was a roller coaster but after Jaden Daniels drove down the field, got the game-winning touchdown, or game nearly game-tying touchdown, I literally was about to walk upstairs because my mom wanted a TV so she can watch her show. I was like, well, you know what, whatever, I'll go upstairs to watch the game. And I, I stood in the walkway between, like, the walkway back to the upstairs. And I could see I'm you just, just, like, peering around I'm the corner. Literally, like I'm kid. peering around the corner, like you said, like, watching around the corner, and... And I see the kick get blocked. And I said, oh, shit. And I, I almost went through. Did you notice that the ball hit yeah. the upright? Yeah, it was really close. Because even if you see the kicker, he's he knows that it gets blocked. But he kind of, like, fades back a little. Like, oh, that might go in. Uh, nope. Thank God. And I literally thank was like, God. thank goodness. Because, I, like you said, I was up all night. Like, not up all night. But I was up to, to about 1, 2 in the morning just checking Twitter. Because seeing all the reaction and stuff. And it was a great game. Great game to watch. Um I got to give credit to uh, Jaden Daniels because in the first half, I was like, this guy is awful. Like, this guy stinks. But mounting a 99-yard drive to essentially tie the game or win it. Um, and I blame it, it was that on more so Adam Fuller and his PTSD from last year's Jacksonville State game. Yeah, yeah Personally, I'll, give I'll give him that. But that's just me. But I got a question for you. Yeah. What was the bigger bright spot on Sunday for the Knowles? Was it the offense or the defense? And by offense, obviously the running game was non-existent, minus Jordan Travis's legs. But yeah, no, I'm I'm giving the nod to the defense only because yeah, the the running game was not very good. Uh, there were some drop passes. Um, Johnny Wilson did not impress me a couple times. He he could have had a couple catches that he missed, and the play call and the red zone, the fade route to who was that to? Uh, was that to Spain? To, uh, or, the fade was to Michael Pittman. Pittman, yeah. I was just like, I didn't like that call. But the defense, they, as much as they couldn't QB contain, I was impressed with the corners. 
I was impressed with the lack of PIs. There wasn't a lot of pass interference, and the few that there were were kind of BS anyway. And, yeah, no, i I got to give that on the defense. They actually impressed me, except for that last drive, but, you know. I say defense as well, but the star of the game for me was Jordan Travis. I thought you were about to say special teams. <laughs> oh, I minus, got, minus Fitzgerald. Minus I got Fitzgerald. a comment to say on the special teams. Okay. But defense is definitely the bright spot. Jared Verse is a absolute stud. And yes. Grant, he's no Jermaine Johnson from a year ago, but he is very, very No good. one will be Jermaine Johnson. Yes. But the star of the game for me was still Jordan Travis because, I have, like I said, I've never seen Jordan Travis play like the way he did Sunday night. He was throwing dimes. He was throwing bullets hitting guys in stride and everything and the third down offense what the third down play calling was chef's kiss was beautiful but as for the special teams it was a mixed bag of emotions the first (laughs) kickoff was a kickoff out of bounds and then the second second kickoff was a kick out of bounds the missed field goal, I'm like, oh, here we go. Special teams about the screw. It up. was, And then the punt coverage was insane because we got right on the ball when the two muffed punts occurred for LSU. And then on top of that, the block kick and uh, the block field goal and the block extra point. So special teams overall, I guess a B, but my goodness, those, only because of the two kickoff out of bounds and the field goal, it just it's B, B plus just because the impact didn't hurt right. us as much. Right, right. Uh, just to, to f- finish up, I do want to go back to your third down statement. Yes, it was important. The Seminoles converted 11 of 17, including 5 of 8 in the second half. And Travis was really the big reason why. He was 8 of 12 for 92 yards and a TD on third downs. And all eight of those completions moved the chains. So that's a huge thing for time of possession. That's a huge thing just to keep drives alive. And I'm just thankful that he had a game like this florida state does have the week off because thank you to mike for explaining that to me since we had a week zero game we get two bye weeks but we return against louisville who got spanked by syracuse what was the final do you remember it was they only scored like seven points right who was it again syracuse and louisville syracuse was louisville i think it was 31 7 in favor of the orange and I'm not going to sit here and be like, wow, Syracuse is good. No, I think it's like, damn, Louisville. Yeah, it was 31-7. Wh- where was it? It was in the Carrier Dome. Ah, okay, okay. It doesn't matter. Louisville's a better team. Yes, agreed, agreed. Let's go ahead and switch gears here. So we've got week one of the NFL coming. How excited are you, Mr. Mike Yashi? I'm just glad football's back. Yeah. I, I, I'm just, I'm watching Hard Knocks. Like, obviously, it's back. Like, I, I just can't. It's not the same. It's just, I it got us to this point. Great. Now we are in August. Or we just finished August. We're heading into September. God, we're in September, dude. <laughs> Thank goodness. I got a lot of things planned this year. So we got this going. It's a sign that, granted, 2022 is coming to an end. But we still got a long football season ahead. Start your Christmas shopping now. Ooh can't believe i just said that <laughs> yeah well, i just got my fall scented candles and stuff so i'm i'm ready for fall i'm not ready for winter just quite yet but anyway uh jags commanders on september 11th at 1 p.m it's gonna be on fox the jags according to espn's football power index have a 33.8 percent chance of winning that game i don't know about you mike but i see that as a 50 50 chance yeah, I put money on the Jacks to win when they were under four-point underdogs a few weeks ago. Now they are two-and-a-half-point underdogs, according to Vegas. Yep, two-and-a-half. I really think we can march in there and win this game. I mean, even with Chase Young out, their defensive line is still good. And I, I, I really think that – dang, I just completely lost my thought. But, no, I, I think that our offense will be restructured this year, and I think it's going to be a lot better than it was the year before. I don't, just don't think Carson Wentz is very good. <laughs> Bro, Carson Wentz is going to struggle. I am all over the Jags today, this weekend. I personally don't think the running back situation in Washington is very good right now. Antonio Gibson can't hang on to the ball. J.D. McKissick is okay, but he's just not that great. Terry McLaurin scares the hell out of me, but I do believe in our corners, in Shaq Griffin, in Darius Williams, and Tyson Campbell to slow him down. 
I don't care about Logan Thomas because he's one concussion away from being retired. He's questionable anyway. Yeah, as of right now. Not surprising. So, and the offensive line is anchored by uh, a veteran. I'll give him that in Trey Turner. But they also have our beloved Andrew Norwell. So. Ah, yeah, I forgot Norwell. So I am not really worried about that offensive line. Defense, I am a little worried about the defensive line. I do believe that they have some good players. They have Montez Sweat, they have yeah. Deron Payne, they have Jonathan Allen. They don't need Chase Young to get after offensive line. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I do think that they have a good D-line. It's just, is their offense good enough to outscore us? And I'm not going to think this final score is going to be in the 40s or anything like that, but... I think I think we'll put up at least thirty points, and I know that's crazy to say because we don't do that. But I don't know. I have confidence, and I think Carson Wentz is trash, and we can beat him. I guess technically two weeks in a row, right? I guess so. <laughs> yeah, Carson Wentz does not like playing the Jaguars, so we will see what happens there. But I do believe if the Jaguars are to win, as to give my key to the game. Yes. What is your key to the game? It's going to be. How well do the Jaguars protect Trevor Lawrence? It's going to be a very basic, very simple answer because if you protect Trevor Lawrence, he will have the time to get the ball to our receivers and Marvin Jones, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Tim Jones, even Evan Ingram, even James Robinson, who is supposed to possibly play in week one, according to Doug Peterson, mm-hmm. as Doug announced today, even Travis Etienne out of the backfield. We have weapons. We just need to give Trevor some time to throw him, get him to throw the ball to them. So that is my key. The offensive line protecting Trevor Lawrence against that pretty solid pass rush or with the Washington Commanders. That's a good one. That's a good one. Mine is going to go kind of along the lines of some of the things we talked about with college football, especially the Florida State game. Kicking. Uh, Riley Patterson is listed as the starting kicker. James McCourt is on the practice squad. Patterson... I don't really know what to tell you much about him. Um, according to his stats from last year, he went 13 of 14, and his only miss was from 50-plus. But if they aren't consistent with extra points or field goals or even kickoffs, I don't think they can win the game, and that has been a huge question mark this entire offseason for this team. Oh, just fingers crossed. I hope he can kick the ball well. <laughs> How about Skyler? Skyler, what is your key to the game for the Jacksonville Jaguars. My keys to the game for Jacksonville versus the Commanders, it's going to be to prevent the ball getting into the hands of Terry McLaurin and then uh, also Jahan Dotson. You know, those two receivers are guys who are electric with the ball and they just can't have the ball in their hands. And that's where I think, you know, seeing Carson Wentz again, is a uh, is good for this defense. They're the last. He's the last quarterback they played in a regular season game. We definitely have some new pieces, you know, new coach as well. But our coach also knows Carson more than any other coach probably in this league. He scouted him very deeply. You know, he was his quarterback in Philadelphia, the one who basically helped get Philly to the promised land. You know, with Nick Foles as well. You know, Doug knows his tendencies, knows how he's going to play, knows what rattles him. And this defense does too. And getting to Carson Wentz is going to help with that key of preventing those receivers and those playmakers just getting the ball. So that's the key to the game. Stop those guys from getting the ball. And, you know, I I do think the Jaguars are going to win and start this season 1-0, which is scary to think about, but... It's definitely doable. I'm excited to see what happens Sunday and uh, just look really look forward to seeing seeing this football team play this whole year as well, just like I am for the Gators because, you know, it seems like these offenses know how to move the ball now, whether the Jaguars take advantage of the red zone the same way the Gators did in week one. That's, that's to be seen. You know, they didn't do it in the preseason. That's what we're hoping to see a lot of this regular season is you get in the red zone, you score touchdowns. We don't need field goals. But those are my keys, just making sure those playmakers on Washington don't get the ball. And then for Jacksonville, when they get in the red zone, they need to score touchdowns. I'm I'm, I'm excited. Football season's here. I'm ready to go. Can't wait to keep watching it. And thanks for listening. 
Thank you for that, Skyler. You know, Mike, that's actually a good point. I didn't even think about with the Doug Peterson-Carson Wentz connection. I think we can use that to our advantage. I do believe that Carson Wentz is going to suck no matter what, whoever's <laughs> coaching against him or not. Even Urban? Don't get me started. <laughs> well, let's just go ahead and uh, change our directions then. We did this a little bit last year, a little bit different. Um we went through FanDuel last year, or did we go through FanDuel? I don't know what we went through last year, but we were kind of looking at teams that had maybe an outside chance of making the Super Bowl, no, making we were, a run, or no, it was NBA. It was I NBA this got our last, yeah. uh, this last, I want to say. The last playoff. This, it was before the playoffs, or it was yeah. before the season, so it was last October. Okay, yeah, yeah, and we went through to kind of look at some teams that would make the playoffs, wouldn't make the playoffs, yada, yada, yada. Well, this episode, I want us... According to FanDuel Sportsbook, you know, for all of you that would go check our history here or something like this. As of September 6, 2022. Yes, when we record the Super Bowl. Shit, what number is it? 57. 57. <laughs> I didn't have it up in front of me and I couldn't remember. Um, the odds. So right now, obviously, well, not obviously, not all of you know, but the number one team right now at plus 600 is the Buffalo Bills. Going down the list, you know. And for the non-betters, $100 will win. If you bet on the Bills to win the Super Bowl, $100 wins you 600 That is the plus 600 for those that are not aware. Thank you. I didn't. I, I, I still don't. I still struggle with that. I was going to text you the other day with a question. I forgot what it is, but I'll, I'll get back to you on it. Um, but, yeah, so the top teams, yeah, Bills plus 600, Bucks plus 750, Chiefs plus 1,000. Rams plus eleven hundred, so that's your top four. Packers plus twelve hundred, top five, which still is kind of amazing to me. But I want us to go a little bit deeper. I want us, you and I, to pick a team outside of that top five that you can see going to the Super Bowl, not just the playoffs, the Super Bowl. So you can't pick the Bills, Bucks, Chiefs, Rams, or Packers. It's easy for me, at least. Go ahead. It's the San, San Diego, almost the San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> Just because they went all out this offseason, they added Khalil Mack. They added J.C. Jackson, I believe. Let me double-check that while I continue to ramble on about the Chargers. They have a very good young quarterback in Justin Herbert. They have a great receiving core. They have a great offensive line. They have a great defensive line led by Bo, one of the Bosa brothers. I can't remember his name. Joey Bosa. And I do believe that that team is a very stacked team. Yes, I do see J.C. Jackson was added by the Chargers. So okay, okay. They did add a lot of depth this offseason. They let go of some players. They added some players. I do believe that the Chargers are the my pick to win the Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, before I get to my pick, I just have a question for you. Looking through this list, I'm seeing all the way down one, two, three, four. Like 16th is Cincinnati. Why are they plus 2,200? I personally think it's because the Super Bowl regression. Hmm. Because I don't remember the last time a losing team in the Super Bowl had great odds or even made the playoffs the next year. I guess probably the Patriots. The, the Bucks would be the one. I'm sorry, the, the Chiefs. The Chiefs last year when they lost to Chiefs, the Bucks two yeah. years ago. Like, I can't remember many teams having that much success. And also, how it's hard to make it back to the Super Bowl. Agreed. Let alone make it, but, like, make it back. Unless you're the Bills, like, way back when. That... Yeah, when they made four straight, <laughs> but they lost four straight. Yeah. But, like, but, I mean, hey, they made it back. <laughs> I mean, look, the Rams are the they're the defending champions. They're not even the favorite. Yeah. Which is still crazy to me. And the Chiefs, after losing Tyreek Hill, they're still the second favorite in the AFC. So I, I the Packers don't have any receivers and they're the fifth team on this they, list. That's because they have your two-time MVP Aaron Rodgers back to back. MVP. I was gonna say back to back. Yeah, back to back MVP for MVP, but back to back winning MVP. All right, all right, fine. All right, so I won't pick the Bengals just because I'll just keep with the trends of the regression. I'll just go with the team that, ugh, I don't like. And you better I not can say see. the Cardinals. No, okay, no, no. Good. I'm saying the San Francisco 49ers. The NFC is weak. I think uh, everyone's hot pick is the Eagles. I don't believe in Jalen Hurts that much. So I'll let everybody else pick that one. But I'll pick the 49ers. Uh, I'll see Lance 
is going to get the nod and he's going to play well. And they've got so many weapons on that offense. I I feel like it's it's hard to be bad in that offense. I mean, I could be completely wrong, but that's just what I'm going to go with. I'm picking the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. I do have a dark horse, like a not too big of a dark horse, but they're definitely a plus 4,000 team. So they're in the middle of the pack. New Orleans Saints. No. But Las Vegas Raiders. I am actually – I like the Saints a lot this year. Yeah, uh, that, that was mine then. Fine. You pick yours. I'll just say the, the, the Saints will be mine. Plus mine 4, is the Minnesota Vikings. Whoa. It's a dark horse. Now, I'm not – I have – I did put a bet on Dalvin Cook leading the league in rushing. Okay. Um, I personally believe Dalvin Cook would get 2,000 yards rushing. I really love Justin Jefferson. I like that offense. Again, this could blow up in my face, but I do believe the Minnesota Vikings are primed to possibly win the division this year. Uh, Just because, like you said, the Packers don't have their receivers compared to (laughs) anybody who can catch the ball. (laughs) Yeah, they like it's just eh. I'd rather take the Kirk Cousins led team. Which makes me sick to my stomach thinking I'm trusting Kirk Cousins, but I mean I'd rather trust Kirk Cousins than Jared Goff or Justin Fields. I mean Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, but like we said, there's no receivers. They can easily win that division. I I agree wholeheartedly with you there. Yeah, so I Minnesota is my deep sleeper, but I believe I'm sticking with the Chargers as my main pick. All right, let's go deeper. Let's go plus seven thousand and beyond. There are. Hey. Three, six, nine, ten, eleven, eleven teams that are plus seven thousand and worse. Ridiculous take to pick to go all the way. What do you got? Seven thousand. You want me to put it in perspective for the listeners here of these teams? I'll say the teams. The Pittsburgh Steelers are plus seven thousand. It just goes all the way down to Washington Commanders, New York Giants, Carolina Panthers, Detroit Lions, Chicago Bears, Jacksonville Jaguars, New York Jets. Seattle Seahawks, Atlanta Falcons, Houston Texans. Yikes. You want you want me to go first? Go ahead. All right. <laughs> oh god, I can't believe I'm saying this. But again, it's plus seven thousand. And so the reason we're doing this is because the Bengals were plus twelve. They were 000. the third worst odds, I think. Third Josh? worst odds. To win uh, the, to win the Super Bowl last year and they made the Super Bowl. So we're just gonna yeah, they were they were tied horse. with the Jaguars last year. The only worst were the Lions at twenty thousand and Houston at fifty five thousand. Ooh, that's a bad number. No, Houston's not even fifty five thousand this year. They're plus thirty thousand, so yeah. that shows how bad they were last year. Projected yeah. to be, but, but they're they, still they're still the last. In the and league. they still beat the Jaguars twice last year. Thanks, Urban Meyer. <sighs> well, I'm gonna say this is ridiculous. I see the screen. Yeah, my team, provided they stay one thousand percent healthy. And luck is forever in their favor. The Carolina Panthers. Puke. Puke indeed. Baker Mayfield. That's why it's gets puke. gets a revenge season. He comes out, balls the hell out. Christian McCafferty comes back to life and actually plays a full season, which he I don't think has ever done. Um, they have incredible play from players that no one's ever heard of, like Terrence Marshall Jr. or I don't know, people have heard of DJ Moore. I'm just trying to like name random people. The defense comes out and plays really good, led by our boy Brian Burns. And uh, Zane Gonzalez kicks 9,000 field goals because Eddie Pinero shouldn't be on the team. Boom. Panthers. That's my pick. My pick? <laughs> I think I might know where you're going with this. What do you think I'm going? I think you're going ridiculously low. I think you might go Falcons. No, no? I'm going okay. with the hometown team. Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. You Only reason is because the Jags have the the second coach in this list with a Super Bowl win. Or the yeah second coach, Mike Tomlin has won, doesn't he? Yeah, Mike Tomlin has won. Pete Rivera, has no. Won. Oh crap, forgot. Never mind. <laughs> I'm still going with Jaguars just because I trust <laughs> Doug Peterson more than Pete Carroll with Geno Smith and or Drew Locke. And Pete Carroll's like losing his Pete memory. Pete Carroll's like 65, 70 years old. I was going to say, no, he's like 74 years yeah, old. Yeah, he's old. Yeah. So, and I don't trust Dan Campbell. I don't even know who the. Oh, Matt Eberflus. Okay, pass. Robert okay. Sala. Okay, he can be good, but we'll see about Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco. Okay, Atlanta, so what's got to happen then? 
Trevor's Derek, got to get hurt. Derek Henry's got to get, get, hurt. get hurt again. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's going to have to struggle. Matt Ryan's just going to choke once again. So, wait, going back to that, you said Derek Henry's got to get hurt. You don't think we can beat the Titans outright? No. No? Okay. No. Just because we don't have the defensive line depth to stop Derrick Henry. Well, even if we don't beat them head to head in games, like I you mean, don't think so we can you're win talking the about like '99 and 2017, where the Titans owned us the first two year, the first two matchups in the regular season. I mean, yeah, the Jags do have a it's an interesting schedule, but they do have a schedule where they can start off hot. They start off against Washington, Indianapolis, Chargers, Eagles, Texans. Four of those are very winnable. Oh yeah, I mean, and that, but got, that's where we're going. We we got to go with things that are going to go our way. So, so best case scenario, the Jags can go win, win, loss. I'm just gonna say lose to the Chargers, loss. Beat the Eagles, beat the Texans, beat the Colts again. That's five and one. Beat the Giants six and one. Lose to the Broncos six and two. Lose, beat the Raiders here in Jacksonville seven and two. Right? Is that my math adding up? I'm just agreeing with you seven because I'm three, looking at the seven and four Titans schedule. It's really not that bad. Seven and four, eight and four, finally lose to Titans eight and five, beat the Cowboys because Cowboys stink. What's the division that we have to play this year? We play the AFC West and the NFC East. Okay. And like obviously they play division winners, so it's like they're playing the Packers, which again is a winnable game for them. They play the Bills, which I think they'll get clapped. Um but overall, looking at their schedule, I mean, the Cowboys. Yeah. We play the Cowboys. Too. Yeah, yeah so I'm, like, I, I'm like looking at these teams that like would give them a challenge. Uh, the Chargers, okay, the Chargers, but uh, yeah, best case scenario, Jags go 11 and six. So, all right, that's so, the oh, best case scenario. Right. They win the division, get the number three seed in the AFC, and get lucky in the playoffs. But they can, they can. I'm not gonna say they're gonna do it. That's a dark, dark, no, dark, no, dark, no, dark. This dark is our horse. dark, 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 dark horse segment. But, so. Okay. I'm going to be the homer and take the Jaguars. All right. Fair enough. So you got the Jaguars and I got the Panthers. So, all right. Well, let's wrap this up with a little local update as we always do. First things first I have to bring up is the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. They're doing a giveaway, Mike. Any idea? Well, no, you'll never guess, but yeah, do it anyway. Any idea of anything that they might be giving away? They're giving away a home plate. Uh, oh, damn it. You had it. I saw it. They're giving uh, away home pl- a jumbo shrimp home plate. Yes. It is a first 2,000 fans this Saturday. So that is, what, 9, September 10th. 9, 10. 2,000 fans this Saturday will get a free jumbo shrimp home plate doormat. Brought to you by First Watch. Oh, the doormat. I just saw a home plate. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty sick though. I, I I would put that on front. It's got, I mean, it's got First Watch's giant logo on it, which kind of sucks, but it's got the shrimp that's like hugging the state of Florida. I, I've always kind of liked that alternate logo. So, yeah. So I just wanted to throw that out there. For some reason, every time I try and pull up their schedule, it gives me some weird thing and weird error message. But they are home against the Iowa Cubs. I believe that is this weekend's schedule. We have just this week. Yeah, it's just this week. So today, as we're recording, was the first game. And Sunday, the 11th, is going to be the last game. And that's it, dude. I mean, we're basically done with the, the season. September wraps it up. So if you haven't gotten to a game this year, Mark, you should go to the one this week or not next week, but the week after. And the season's going to be over. So I'll have to check it out. I, I just haven't had time recently. Yeah, and they've been good. So props to the the shrimp for doing their thing. I'm uh, always proud of them. Always appreciate watching them. And they're always a good time, even if you don't like baseball. Uh, Another note I wanted to have was that the Jacksonville Giants, you remember them, right? Yeah, the ABA team. Or the quote-unquote ABA team. I don't even know what league they are. (laughs) Yeah, uh, formerly... I, I don't really know either. I mean, they, they've won seven a- ABA championships, so maybe they're still in the ABA. But they're doing a free agent tryout that starts on September 17th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Global Outreach Charter Academy, which is on Lone Star Road, if you're not familiar. So if you know anybody that can ball, head out there and uh, <laughs> try out for the Giants. I, I knew a guy that was on the Giants. Um he was also like seven one, so made sense that he was probably going to be a lock on the team. But 
Mike, you gonna hoop? Pass. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. Uh, a couple other things, just really quickly. The Dalai Lama is coming to Panama or Panama, <laughs> Ponte Vedra Beach. Not the Dalai Lama that you're thinking of. This is the Dalai, D-O-L-L-Y, Lama, like the animal. It is an ice cream shop. They focus on handcrafted waffles and artisanal ice cream with authentic European flavors and techniques. So, for all you ice cream lovers, wink, wink, Alyssa, who doesn't listen to this podcast, but (laughs) uh, she is an ice cream connoisseur, if you will, but... What's her favorite ice cream? Her favorite ice cream? Yeah. Uh, strawberry cheesecake. What's yours? I'll just, for lack of time, I'm just going to say cookies and cream. You? Mint chocolate chip. Thank you for liking mint chocolate chip and not saying it tastes like toothpaste. No, it's so good. For all those people out there that think that, get your taste buds checked. And cilantro doesn't taste like mint either. It's delicious. Anyway, um, the Jacksonville... Taco and Tequila Festival is coming up around the corner, too. Those tickets are basically gone. So if you wanted to go, you better get your tickets now. And then other than that, there's not really any cool concerts that I really care about. So I don't really want to dive into it. I wouldn't. The only cool one is Ringo Starr. And if you haven't seen Ringo Starr, it'd just be cool just because he's a gator. I almost said he's a gator. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) He's a beetle. He's an original beetle. Him and his all-star band will be coming September 15th to the St. Augustine Amphitheater, so go check them out. But I think it's about that time. Mike and I um, had a little too much yuckiness for dinner, and uh, our stomachs are starting to bubble. So we're going to go ahead and end this episode so we can go take care of some business outside of the podcast studio. Thank you for listening to an episode of Dimes on Duval presented by Nerdy Nuts. If you have not already, please get your order in. They are coming out with new flavors each and every week. Every Sunday, those new flavors drop. Every Thursday, they announce those flavors. Get them now. Use code DIMES10 for 10% off your order. We are only one sale away from being locked in as an ambassador for the next quarter. So please, please, please. If anyone wants a specific flavor they need to try is the Nutella brownie. It's very good. I just ordered it last week, I want to say, maybe two weeks ago, and I just opened it up, and it was very good. I've got Cosmic Brownie coming I in have this that week, need so to I open am, up after, I'm psyched. Over, after Nutella Brownie once I finish that up. And if you don't know what to pair it with, we talked about on the last episode, Mike said on a bagel. bagel, I say with apples or literally just with a spoon. You can literally just spoon it and just Don't eat too much or your stomach will hurt like ours is right now. Yes, so putting a bow on this episode for Mike Yaji, for Skylar Chase, who is remote, and for myself, Keith Manzi. Thank you for listening to Dimes on Duval, episode 69. James Robinson, welcome back. Nice.